At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. What's going on, folks? Welcome to it. Time for another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bed Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for being with us on this 2022 NFL Draft evening. Plenty of coverage coming your way, not only here on Rush Hour, but of course here on VEASAN throughout the rest of the night. And we are, of course, excited. We got a few bets that we're rolling with, and so is everybody else here. Out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook crowd already filling up like we always are present here, and it's a special night. So again, probably going to be more packed than usual, and we are very much looking forward to it. Helping us along the way, 15 minutes from now, Josh Applebaum going to be joining the program. He's VEASAN's betting reporter. He will tell us all the biggest market movers, not only for the NFL draft, but also, furthermore, just into the slate of games tonight with some basketball, maybe if we have some time, some baseball and hockey as well. So that'll be in 15 minutes and a half hour from now. I've got early bets on that Celtics and Bucks series. A few different angles I think are worth some value, so we'll get into that in 30 minutes. And then 45 from now, my best bets. Again, we'll recap some of my top plays for the draft. I got a prop tonight in the NBA postseason. And then also one play revolving around the Cubs game on the road in the rubber match against the Atlanta Braves. And then, well, to start things off, we also have some Philadelphia sports action to look forward to. Our guy Ryan Rostin going to be hopping on because, well, the Sixers are uh, kind of in a tough spot here, right? I mean, everybody's a little bit shaky, a little bit scared if you're trusting Philly. Hoping Doc Rivers doesn't blow that 3-0 lead, especially with everything he's been saying as of late. And I know Ryan's probably very uh, scared about this game because it's pretty close to a pick right now. The 76ers, a one-and-a-half point favorite. This total is low as 209 and a half. It opened one and a half. So again, you haven't seen too much movement. But remember, this game is in Toronto. The Raptors catching a point and a half plus 102 on the money line. And the Sixers looking to avoid blowing that lead. They're minus 121 on the money line. So let's go ahead and bring in our pal host of the Philadelphia City cast, Ryan Rothstein at Wise Rye, where you can follow him on Twitter, live tweeting through the game, I'm sure. Uh, Ryan, what, what is the pulse of not only yourself, but the city of Philadelphia right now heading in to this game for the Sixers against the Raptors? Yeah, Danny, great question to start us off, and thanks again for having me as always. I think it's cardiac arrest. I think that's the best way <laughs> to describe the pulse right now in the city of Philadelphia and for Sixers fans, wherever they may be for just some of the reasons that you already listed. I mean, once again, I feel like just a couple of weeks ago, last time I was on with you on rush hour here, Danny, we were talking about Glenn rivers. We don't call him doc anymore here in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, <laughs> and here we are again. And it's just like, this guy just doesn't get it. And, you know, quite literally on the floor or off it. Uh, and it just, it, the feel right now, Obviously, everyone is, is a little bit nervous, and the feel is, yeah, everyone understands no team in NBA history has come back from a 3-0 deficit, but why not 
Glenn Rivers becoming the first to pull off that feat? Why not? And there's a lot of viable, uh, legitimate reasons as to why Sixers fans could and should feel that way, Danny. So there's a lot of concern here. Oh, man. I mean, first of all, it's just hilarious hearing you say all all those things. But I, I definitely get it. From a fan perspective, I feel like Chicago sports fans and Philly are very similar in the sense of being pessimistic, right? I mean, it seems like you're already embracing Doc Rivers or Glenn Rivers, like you're calling being the person to actually have that happen, blowing the 3-0 lead. But you're absolutely right, Ryan. I mean, we were talking about this, and it just seems like he doesn't get it. And it's like all the wrong things are happening, and there's only so much you can do, obviously, in terms of how you will, you can't really control, obviously, what Rivers does, but then it comes down to the players themselves. What have been some issues you've seen out of these guys the last couple of games, or rather maybe what do the Sixers need to improve on in this spot? To me, from kind of a farther away perspective, Ryan, it seems like James Harden needs to be more of an aggressor. I feel like he's taking a back seat a little bit. And then, of course, you have Embiid with his injury. I, I mean, again, so where are you looking at the issues and where they need to improve in order to have that confidence that they can't avoid that and win tonight? Yeah, I mean, you can you can pick a card, any card here, Danny, as far as areas that the 76ers team needs to improve upon. Like, let's rewind the clock a bit for a second, and let's look at how the 76ers team built and got that 3-0 series lead. They started off game one with a Tyrese Maxey 38-point performance. Tobias Harris, I believe, had 26 in that game. They shot over 50% from three. They followed up in game two, with essentially another 50 point, uh, 50 percentage uh, shooting performance from three, that's not them, right? If you've been watching the 76ers team throughout the entire regular season, they're not necessarily the Golden State Warriors of old where we're calling them the Splash Brothers and they're just shooting the lights out. So they got, I, I, I want to say lucky. They caught fire in games one and two. Lucky's probably not the best way to describe it. So now... They're out of sync. They're out of rhythm. Uh, And you had this injury with your star, with your MVP and Joel Embiid, that it's clearly hindering his play and production with this torn ligament in his, uh, in his shooting hand thumb on the right hand. So this is an issue here. Their offense, there's just four or five guys standing around watching whoever has the ball dribble at the top of the key. Oftentimes James Harden, as you've already detailed and brought up Danny, Uh, There's no urgency. There's no passion. There's no pride and respect of your opponent to finish this damn series off. And now they have to go into Toronto tonight up three, two, and they have to get ready for another dog fight coming off two games where they were essentially no call, no shows completely sleepwalking through it. So I don't know if I answered your question there, but the point of that ramble is there's just too many things and too many glaring weaknesses right now with this team that I can't even pinpoint one legitimate uh, example or area that can be improved upon for this team to get a win and close it out. Yeah, I mean, no, that's making complete sense. When you've lost those last two games, it's hard to really narrow it down to one thing because it's all being grouped together. Now, Ryan, I guess from maybe even a Sixers standpoint or just an objective standpoint, what are you recommending people to bet, whether it's the full game or from a prop perspective? And have you played anything from the Sixers fan perspective that I know you always look forward to? 
Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I do have a, a play on the total. I'll get to that in a second. I, before this series started, I predicted the 76ers in seven. So uh, why, why the hell would I now change that process, especially with everything that we've witnessed? I, I do not expect or anticipate this 76ers team to go into Toronto tonight and close this thing out. We're, we're going to be talking about a game seven. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong. I don't see that happening. So for listeners out there, Toronto plus one and a half, I think uh, taking a shot at Toronto on the money line certainly isn't a bad play uh, as well. And then you look at the total, right? The past three games, it started at 216, the under hit. Then it moved to 213, the under hit. It moved to 210 and a half, the under hit. Right now for this game tonight, Danny, up to 210 and a half. It opened around 209 at Bet Rivers. The under has hit in three straight games. Bet Rivers has been slightly adjusting accordingly. I still like the under to hit because if you've been watching this series, it is just an ugly, heavyweight dogfight. So I think that's the best play of the night. All right, Ryan, we got a few minutes to go. Not only are you going to be looking forward to that 76ers-Raptors matchup, but your Eagles have some interest in the draft throughout the first round tonight. couple picks they have to look forward to. And for the playing position of the team's first-drafted player, it looks like the odds are telling you it could be defense. There's a better chance of that at Bet Rivers minus 167, whereas offense is plus 128. Have you got a good read on what you think your Eagles are going to do tonight? Not really. <laughs> just, just to be completely honest, because listen, I'm not one of those guys that predicts a trade in the draft. I mean, God bless anyone. I'm not trying to disrespect anyone that, that has predicted that, but I, I, I can't go, go out on that type of limb, but I would be surprised if Howie Roseman ends up staying where they're currently at at 15 and 18. I do see some type of movement, whether it's up, down, we're acquiring assets, draft assets, I should clarify, uh, for future draft, uh, for, for future drafts, whether it's next year or the year after. So keep an eye out on that. I do like the defensive angle. Uh, if I mentioned they have a 15th overall pick. Just to look at some recent history. In 2010, Eagles had the 13th overall pick. They selected Brandon Graham. In 2012, they had the 12th overall pick. They selected Fletcher Cox. In 2017, they had the 17th, the 17th overall pick. Yeah, I thought it was 14th, but 17th, they selected Derek Barnett. All three of those players on the defensive line uh, in one shape or another. 15 overall this year as well as 18. I know Jordan, uh, Jordan Davis from Georgia, the D tackle. If he's still lingering around once the Eagles are getting on the clock, I think that's the guy they're going to. If not, I still would lean towards someone uh, up front on the defensive side of the ball, how he loves to build in the trenches, regardless of what the fans want uh, at the skill positions. Busy night ahead for you, Ryan. And I'm going to be honest, I may be more excited to look through your Twitter feed than I am watching the game and the draft itself based on what <laughs> the Eagles do and how your uh, Sixers play. But again, I'm rooting for your Sixers. We're still sweating out that Easter Conference Finals ticket. So I'll be rooting, uh, uh, I'll be rooting on them, such as yourself, excuse me. But again, Ryan, best of luck. Try to keep that blood pressure down. I know it's tough. I, I do the same exact thing. But again, always a pleasure talking to you, buddy. Danny, you're the man. Have a great weekend. Thank you. 
You got it. You as well. Ryan Rossi, ladies and gentlemen, at Wise Rye, where you can follow him on Twitter. Remember to catch him hosting the Philly City Cast every single week, multiple episodes dished out. Coming next, we're talking with Beeson's betting reporter. That's Josh Applebaum. Draft and more here on Rush Hour. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit. Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available, and you'll get set up with multiple episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. All righty, thanks for being with us on this 2022 NFL Draft Night. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. We take it out to the East Coast where our buddy Josh Applebaum, VEASAN's betting reporter, joining us right now. Remember, you can catch him hosting the VEASAN Market Insights podcast throughout the week and many other shows like betting across america and follow him on twitter at josh underscore insights and josh i know you are pumped for tonight my friend plenty of sports to go around but especially highlighting the nfl draft tonight i know you've been on this for quite some time i feel like you've been out in front of this for like two months but tell us some of the top movements you've seen up until tonight especially revolving around like the one through three picks because it's really changed between evan neal for number one aiden hutchinson and now we're seeing walker is an overwhelming favorite minus five dollars to get picked first yeah, Danny, you're totally right. It's great to be with you. Happy draft night. Happy Thursday, Danny. Uh, and don't worry, your Bears don't have a first-round pick. My Patriots, they'll trade back, and Belichick will just get, like, multiple second- and third-round picks. So don't worry right. about tonight. But, uh, Danny, you're totally right. It's been a whirlwind here looking at the top pick overall. It went into it about a year ago. Kayvon Thibodeau was at the top of the list. Hutchinson took over for much of the year. Evan Neal had a moment there where he was the number one overall pick as a favorite. But really, over the last week, and especially the last couple days, we're really seeing Trayvon Walker be the big, big favorite here to be the first overall selection. Going into yesterday, he was as low as minus 225. Look at, at the markets right now, Danny, which keep in mind, they're going to be closing very shortly. You know, Vegas had to stop allowing bets yesterday at 5 p.m. Uh, uh, West Coast time. A lot of these books are going to be closing, so uh, get ready. If you haven't done it yet, get your bets in right now. But you're looking at Trayvon Walker right now, Danny, minus 500. That's an 83% implied probability. Based on the betting market, Walker will be going number one tonight. It gets interesting. Hutchinson at number two. He's been kind of, you know, the back and forth here. He's got the hometown connection uh, with the with the Detroit Lions. At one point, Thibodeau had a you know a shot there at number two. But you've seen Hutchinson minus one ninety favorite to go second overall. He was about minus one fifty five going into today. So I'm looking at this movement on on basically game day or draft day, Danny. That's notable to me. But I think the biggest, most surprising thing over the last twenty four hours is the number three pick, Derek Stingley. Kind of out of nowhere, Danny. Remember, he had a great. Rookie year there, freshman year at LSU, winning the championship with Burrow. A couple of years here where he's been injury-plagued. His draft position, I think, was like 10.5, 11.5. All of a sudden, he is now the favorite to go third overall. So whether it's the Texans or a team that's going to make a trade and get that pick, Stingley, the cornerback from LSU, is now minus 125. He was plus 200 yesterday. So huge move to Stingley at three, Danny. 
Hutchinson's looking like minus 190 at number two. And our guy Trayvon Walker, big, big favorite. It's even hard to bet on, him at, bet on him at this point, now minus 500. Now, Josh, obviously when we have you on and in general, what you're discussing is a lot of these sharp line movements. And I feel like the draft is a unique betting space because, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this, of course, you know, what do you think impacts the line more? Is it some of these odds makers in or seeing these mock drafts from these professionals and these talking heads going, oh my gosh, we're way off <laughs> on this? Or is it these respected bettors or bettors in general just having a high volume of percentage of bets going in on these specific uh, wagers itself? Or maybe it's both. I feel like it could definitely be hand in hand with each. It's a great question, Danny. I think it's a little bit of both. So I think if you talk to odds makers, you know, before any NFL draft, they're kind of up against it. It's difficult. They don't really want to book a lot of these props because it's an information-based bet. You know, if you can scour Twitter 24-7 and read all your mocks and, you know, follow these local beat reporters as a better, you can really find a competitive advantage here. The books are up against it because there's so many different props. There's so many different players. There's so much unpredictability that they'll tell you they sometimes can take a hit. Uh, and they don't really want to book a lot of these prop bets. You've also heard that, you know, tonight's NFL draft could be one of the most unpredictable drafts that we've seen in quite a while. So I think mock drafts, to me, Danny, it's who the mock is coming from. Like, you know, I, I want to be with the money, but I only, only, only want to be with the money on a bet if it's smart money. If it's public money, I don't want to be with it. So I think with mock drafts, it's like, you know, Kuiper, McShay, the guys who, you know, are dialed in and have connections, those are the ones that can maybe move some of these numbers. Whether you know it's me or you or someone in their basement making a mock, Danny, I don't think that has much influence here. But to your point, a little bit of both. And then if you get respected betters who are coming in hard on you know some obscure player like Quay Walker, a guy from uh, a linebacker there from Georgia, no one was talking about him at all. He got hit with a ton of money, uh, and you've seen Quay Walker's draft position really, really rise. So it's a combination of respected mocks and inside information and big betters who have respect to the books getting down and moving these numbers. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to it, and we appreciate your coverage leading up into it. And, Josh, what else you've been doing a great job covering, naturally, has been the NBA playoffs. And we've got a handful of really intriguing games tonight. We were just talking with Ryan Rothstein about his uh, Sixers taking on the Raptors. That's a short line. The Suns now with Booker, I guess, playing up to a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Basically, a pick them out in Salt Lake City with the Jazz and the Mavericks. Which games are making the top of your list for the movements you've seen and what you have played for a bet yourself? So, Danny, you, you hit the nail on the head. I'm a big guy, you know, when it comes to looking at line movement. But to me, it's the lack of line movement that can also be really interesting. So, to your point, uh, Sixers, Raptors, 76ers, despite being up 3-0 and now only up 3-2 and Doc Rivers getting very defensive, Danny, almost he can feel one of these, uh, you know, big series leads slipping away. Public is not quitting the 76ers. You're getting almost 70% of bets on Philadelphia tonight. Short number, lay it, Embiid, Maxi, Harden, they can win this thing. That's what the public is thinking. However, they open minus one and a half Philly. They've stayed minus one and a half. So this is one of those line freezes, Danny, where if you're getting a majority of bets heavily lopsided on one side, why hasn't the line moved? You know, nine times out of 10 in this spot, if this, you know, Philly team here uh, opening up minus one and a half, getting 70%, you'd think they'd go up to minus two, minus three. They have not moved at all. That tells me there's some liability here at home on the Raptors. So I am on the Raptors plus one and a half here tonight. Uh, and then also um, another one would be Mavericks and Jazz. That's one that has been really interesting as well. Public is totally done with the Jazz. They don't believe in them. They haven't covered any numbers. They don't look very good right now. But they actually open as a one and a half point favorite tonight. There was a question about whether or not Donovan Mitchell would play. When he was questionable, the line shot up to Mavericks laying two and a half. But now that he's ready to go, it's kind of back down to a pick em. So 
Danny, I've knocked my head against the wall so many times with the Jazz. I feel like I bet them they never cover for me. But I got to look at this late movement toward Utah. Their backs are against the wall. They're only getting about 35% of bets. I money line the Jazz, or if you can find a plus one, that's what I'd look for. And then I did get a bad plus two and a half with the Pelicans earlier. I was surprised to see Booker play. There were inklings that he could play, but it seemed like a long shot. And the line is now up to minus uh, three and a half. But at three and a half, it got hit, came back down to three. I'd be looking still at the Pelicans plus three and a half. Big contrarian play tonight, Danny. Yeah, it looks like Booker is going to be playing, which seemed to be a lot sooner than a lot of people were assuming. And again, now you've seen this line be affected by it up to three in the hook. But I'm kind of with you here. I mean, I, I do like taking the points with the Pelicans a tad bit. I'm a little hesitant, might in-game bet that one. And I saw also Rudy Gobert got stung by a bee in his face and it's swollen up. So hopefully that doesn't affect you. Trust in the Jazz once again, uh, buddy. So it should be an entertaining night throughout the association with a lot on the line. Before we get you out of here, Josh, I got to ask you about one baseball game. Seems like there's been a lot of movement revolving around it. The Cubs and the Braves, a rubber match tonight in Atlanta. Tell us what you've seen for this game and how you're betting it. Yeah, I apologize, Danny. I know you're a big Cubbies fan here, but I got to go Atlanta Braves tonight. It's kind of a big number, but a lot of movement toward the Braves. By the way, Ronald Acuna, who's been out, you know, pretty much all of last year, missed the first part of this year. He's now back after, you know, pretty much being an MVP candidate last year. I think that gives Atlanta a bit of a boost seeing your big guy coming back. But, Danny, it's all about the line movement. You had Atlanta open around minus 170. They've been steamed up all the way to around minus 200. You're seeing some shops even higher than that, minus 210. So, of course, it's a bet to risk, not bet to win for me. You're laying your one unit. You're risking your one unit, trying to get you know a little less than a half unit back. But also, you look at these uh, non-division home favorites. You don't have to worry about this divisional dog angle. angle. Braves as a non-division home favorite or non-division home favorites in general. They're 67 and 41 this year, 62%. You'd be up around uh, 3% ROI. I'm looking at uh, Atlanta tonight, Danny, laying that number. And again, this guy right on the mound tonight's been great, 2-0 with a minuscule ERA. I got to go Braves tonight. Yeah, you're right. Kyle Wright has been very dominant. 1.06 ERA, 1.64 XFIP. And look, Smiley's been okay, but we still know what Drew Smiley is capable of in terms of the bad things. And yeah, with the momentum of Acuna, I, I hate to say it. I know, like you said, I'm a Cubs fan, but sometimes you got to be objective for our betting stances. And I'm with you. I think the Braves probably find a way to squeak this one out. So Josh, we do appreciate all of your insight per usual. Best of luck with all your action tonight and enjoy the draft, my friend. I appreciate it, Danny. Have a great night. You got it. Josh Applebaum, ladies and gentlemen, at Josh underscore insights, where you can follow him along on Twitter. Remember, host of the VEASAN Market Insights podcast as well, and with Mike Pritchard on betting across America and much more from Josh Applebaum. So we've got plenty more to come here on the show revolving around the draft and the NBA. But Josh was just telling us about that Cubs game, which I do have a play in. So don't worry. We'll get back to covering that probably in about 20 minutes or so. Let's take a brief hiatus from the baseball, from the draft. Let's go back to basketball and look forward to a series at the end of this weekend with the Bucks and the Celtics. Those numbers out already. I'll tell you how I'm playing it next right here. It is Rush Hour. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Spring Special is here, and for only $59, you get everything VSIN has to offer from right now to the end of July. 
So for the next few months, we're going to have you filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vcent.com. And subscribers will also have access to all of it, which includes Adam Burke's daily best bets in Major League Baseball. Jonathan Von Tobel also having his best plays all the way through the NBA Finals. And don't forget, Andy McNeil will be breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, and not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. So if you want the full decent experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So make sure you sign up at vsin.com slash spring. That's vsin.com slash spring. Okay, welcome back to it. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet River Sportsbook here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. You can follow along at Danny Burke 5 for myself and at VEASAN Live on the tweets. Remember to follow along tonight, especially with the NFL Draft. We will have you covered all through it with special guests and prop bets, mock drafts, all that good stuff. You know how we roll. Make sure you follow along at VEASAN Live. And I'll get you a recap of my draft best bets next day. But I wanted to take a moment to get an early preview in case some of these numbers move for a series that we already have solidified for round two out in the Eastern Conference. So the Bucks wrapped up their series against the Bulls. We cashed in on our total games under five and a half played bet for the Bucks and the Bulls. And now I'm looking forward to making another couple of wagers for their next series against the Celtics. So I'm not necessarily surprised that the Bucks are an underdog. I'm just more shocked at how big of an underdog they are against this Boston team. I think this could be a little bit of an overreaction, and I get it. Look, the Celtics just beat Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They swept them. Very impressive. They were a very impressive team coming down toward the latter half of this regular season. Best defense in the NBA. Tatum, Brown playing really well. And Robert Williams, if he can stay healthy, that's awesome. You got the defensive player of the year in Marcus Smart. I get it. I understand it. But why are we so quick to dismiss this Milwaukee team? Is it because Chris Middleton's out? Yes, it's going to be a significant impact. The guy who has done very well against Boston and I'm sure would have a significant impact in this series price. But still, this Milwaukee team is deep enough to at least hold their own in this series. Even if you don't think they're going to win it, I believe this series has the makings to go six or seven games. More on that in a second. But again, let me tell you what the series price is. So the Celtics at a lot of places are about minus $2 as the favorite. And the Bucks, the best number is the underdog I'm seeing about plus 170. Now they did meet four times during the course of the regular season. Both teams won their two games at the respective home floors. Okay. And you can look at the total games played. Four and a half is what we're seeing. The overs minus 835. The under, if you think one team's going to sweep, is plus 490. If you think it's going to be over five and a half games played, minus 167. Under five and a half is plus 128. If you think it goes to seven games, plus 210. If you think it's under six and a half games, minus 286. Then you can also bet the series correct score. If you think the Celtics win in five, it's plus 350. The Celtics to win in seven is plus 375. Celtics in six plus 450. Celtics to sweep is plus 850. Then we switch over to the side of Milwaukee. If you think they win in six, it's plus 550. For them to win in seven, it's seven to one odds. 
For them to win five is 10 to one. And if you think somehow Milwaukee sweeps, it is the odds of 20 to one at Bet Rivers. So again, I already told you, I am higher on this Milwaukee team than it seems the betting markets are. I like the value with this Bucks team. And plus 170, yeah, that's pretty attractive and it's very tempting. But I think you could also approach it from a different angle. For someone who thinks Milwaukee has a very good chance at winning this series and considering how much people are putting faith in Boston, if they're going to win, chances are Milwaukee's not going to win in a sweep, nor are they going to win in five games. It'll probably be tougher than that, not having the home court advantage. More than likely, if the Bucs win, it's going to be in six games or seven games. So instead of taking the Bucs at just plus 170 to win the whole series, if we can narrow it down to them winning in six or seven, shouldn't we just take the better value and bet both of those options, being the Bucks to win in six at plus 550 and simultaneously betting the Bucks to win in seven at seven to one? Because again, if Milwaukee is going to win this series, in my mind, I think it's going to be for the long haul, not having that home court advantage, not having as much depth and potentially scoring because of the absence of Chris Middleton. It's obviously going to be a lot harder to have success without him against the Celtics than it was against the Bulls. That's obvious. But it doesn't mean the Bucs have no chance in this series. Now you still got Giannis, who in my mind is the most unguardable player in the NBA. And yeah, he did very well in round one, but come on. He can absolutely kick it into an extra gear if need be. And if you have Bobby Portis playing the way he was, I'm not saying Grayson Allen's going to do to the Celtics what he did to the Bulls, but if him and Connaughton can knock down his shots, he's still got Brooke Lopez who can kill you from wherever. And then obviously Drew Holiday. This team has a lot of depth still. They have a lot of experience obviously winning the championship, and they can be really good defensively when they need to. So I think you're getting good value here. And again, because I think they're going to win it and the only way they will is if it goes deep being six or seven, let's take the better value with the exact series prices. So I placed a bet on the Bucks to win in six at plus 550 and the Bucks to win in seven at seven to one. And if they get just one win out of the first two games on the road at Boston, those odds are going to shift. So I'm going to take advantage of it now and look at that value with this Bucks squad. So that's what I got for the exact price, but I'm also looking at another angle for this series. So like I said, I think this one has the makings to go six or seven with a small favor because of the value toward Milwaukee. But even if Boston wins, I don't think it's going to be another clean sweep like they did against Brooklyn. I don't even think it's going to be a gentleman's sweep. I think whichever team wins, this series probably has the makings more often than not than going six to seven or uh, six or seven games. I think that's what it's going to go to regardless of who wins. So then we can go back to the total games played in this series. And Bet Rivers is the only book right now offering, and we talked about this when we bet the under 5.5 for the Bucks and the Bulls, but Bet Rivers, what they do so well is offer the total games played and give you the hook. Every other outlet is just giving you a flat number. Yeah, the odds are a little bit better, but I don't want to bet the exact game. I want to just get under or over a number with the hook implemented. So you take a look at the numbers again. Four and a half, man, the over is minus 835. No thanks. Under is plus 490. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. But I do think it could be ended in six or seven. So then that takes me to the over five and a half. Minus 167 is the number to the over. The under five and a half is plus 128. Again, I'm thinking whoever wins, it's going to be in a series of ending in six or seven. So I am playing also total games in the series over five and a half at minus 167. 
you're disrespecting the Bucks, it seems, at this point. And I'm saying that to people betting against them and just the odds makers right now. Again, I understand how great Boston has looked. I understand the depth that they present themselves, and we all realize that Chris Middleton is out. But we're still talking about the most unguardable player in the NBA in Giannis. And Robert Williams can only do so much. And this Bucks team, if they're knocking down their open threes, which is the main reason why they struggled in game two against the Bulls and lost, well, Bobby Portis was taken out early. Chris Middleton was taken out early. They were turning the ball over, and they couldn't hit an open three. That's the only reason the Bulls won that game. Well, then the Bucks flipped the switch, and they just made the Bulls look like a G League team the last three games. So now they know they got real stiff competition, and they're going to come up and they're going to show out, and I think they make it competitive. So not only are we doing the Bucks to win in five at plus 550 and then to win in seven at 7-1, seven we are also doing total games played in this series over 5.5 at minus 167. So those are the plays I got for that second-round series between Milwaukee and Boston. And by the way, the early lines right now for that Sunday noon game central time, Boston is a 4.5-point home favorite Minus 180 on the money line. You're seeing Milwaukee catching plus 148. So both teams get a nice amount of time to rest. We'll see what happens, but should be a fun one. Nevertheless, I'm looking forward to it. Just like all the other games tonight, which I don't have any plays for the games tonight in terms of a side or a total, but I do have a prop that I am playing involving that Jazz and Mavericks game. So make sure you stick with us here for one more segment. We'll have Danny's Dimes not only throughout the NBA with that prop, but we also got to play in baseball with that Cubs and Braves rubber match tonight. We'll be taking a look at that and recapping the NFL draft. So still a ton to get to here on the show. And by the way, if you didn't know, if you haven't been looking on Twitter or any other website, the big news coming about today Devin Booker is going to be playing for the Phoenix Suns. All right, the Suns lead the series 3-2. to two. It's back in New Orleans, and the line is back in favor of Phoenix, now up to three in the hook at Bet Rivers. The Suns also minus 162 on the money line, but if you think it gets extended to seven games, well, the Pelicans plus 135 is their price to win this game. The total now at 216 with a little bit of shade to the under, minus 112. So we'll be back for one final segment here on Rush Hour, recapping our draft plays and talking two new plays, one in baseball and one in basketball. Danny's Dimes coming next here on Rush Hour. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Rush Hour on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Rivers is your home for golf betting, and they're offering a special profit boost on this weekend's Mexico Open. This Sunday, Bet Rivers is giving all members who log in a free 20% profit boost for any golf bet for the final round. So make a bet today on the golfer you think has a shot at the win, and come back to Bet Rivers on Sunday to score your golf profit boost. So go to the Bet Rivers app or simply visit betrivers.com make all of your golf bets. 
All righty, speaking of bets, it's time to dish out our best ones here on Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5, or you can follow along on Twitter. Thank you for being with us on this 2022 draft evening. We'll get to a recap of my place throughout the draft momentarily, but let me tell you what else we're rolling with tonight. One playing basketball and one playing baseball for this edition of Danny's Dimes here on Rush Hour. Again, a.k.a. my best bets. Coming up a nice 5-0 effort last night. Yes, that's right, 5 and oh, because we tallied in our under five and a half games played in the series with the Bucks and the Bulls, so we're looking to keep things hot and rolling. Let's begin in the NBA, taking a look out in Salt Lake City. The Jazz taking on the Mavericks. No interest in a side or a total for this game, but rather I'm looking at a prop. Let's talk about the hometown native here in Illinois being Jalen Brunson and his assist prop this evening. Three and a half is the number and most shops are giving you a plus money to the over, which I will gladly take here. And plus 112 to the over was the highest that I saw. And I said, thank you. I will pull the trigger and hopefully cash out that price. Because Jalen Brunson in this series is averaging over four and a half assists per game. In fact, he's gone over this mark at three and a half assists in every game except for one. So four out of five games, he has dished out four or more times. He had five, five, six then three, and then bounce back with four respectively. Now you may be thinking, ah, it's kind of a you know outlier, right? Because it's a playoff series. I want to see the larger sample size. How much was he actually facilitating and setting up his guys? Well, during the regular season, he even averaged about five assists per game. And out of 79 total games, he eclipsed this mark in 48 out of 79 games. And you got to think having Luka Doncic back in the mix absolutely opens up the opportunities for Jalen Brunson to be dishing off some dimes to where he could take the load off of his shoulders a little bit and pass it around instead of dropping 40 himself. I mean, he still got over this assist mark even when he was doing that, but you get my point. So I was looking at three and a half, and I'm thinking, all right, yeah, I think that's a really good number, but I figured they'll probably tax me. I'm betting the over. That's not the case. They're giving you plus money, and I will gladly take that. So give me Jalen Brunson over three and a half assists tonight at plus 112. That's what I'm rocking with in the NBA. Let's switch over to the Diamond, talk some baseball. Only a couple late games tonight, but we're certainly interested in one of them here in the Chicagoland area is the Cubbies in a rubber match against the Atlanta Braves. Cubs got a nice win in extras last night. Let's take a preview of the game this evening, which first pitch will be in about 30 minutes. Uh, the Braves, like Josh Applebaum was saying, been getting steamed all day. They're up to minus 235 on the money line right now at Bat Rivers, whereas the Cubbies catching plus 195. If you're interested in the run line, catching the run in the hook with the Cubs, you're laying minus 117. If you want to lay the run and a half with Atlanta, well, it's minus 107. Total's been bouncing back and forth from eight to eight and a half, but as it stands as of this moment, total's still at eight in the hook. A little bit of shade to the over, minus 112, and the under at Bet Rivers is minus 107. So again, looking into this, remember Atlanta won the first game, three to one. Cubs bounce back, winning extras six to three. Who you got starting tonight? Well, you got the Southpaw for the Cubbies, Drew Smiley. Now, Smiley, again, I don't really have that much confidence in him as a pitcher. I feel like the market obviously doesn't, as you're seeing Atlanta getting steamed tremendously. They open minus 175. Again, now they're minus 235. But he hasn't been terrible in his few games that he's played with the Cubbies. I mean, he started, like we said, a few of them, three to be exact. He's got a one-and-one one record, an ERA of 2.45. But hold the phone. Let's look at the XFIP. It's a little higher, 4.03, but it's not detrimental. 
He's got a really solid whip of 1.02. Now, he has, in total, only given up four earned runs, and it was all in his last start against the Pirates. His first game was against the Pirates, shut him out. Then he went to Coors Field and also shut out the Rockies. The Cubs did really well offensively in that game. Then he just had a blunder at Wrigley in his last outing against the Pirates. And maybe there's a little bit more juice in him. He's pitching against his former team who he just won a World Series with. So, you know, there's always a little bit more incentive on that side of things. So maybe he does have a fairly solid night. Well, speaking of what we could expect from maybe a solid night, how about Kyle Wright? The righty has been tremendous thus far for Atlanta. Three games started. He's got a 2-0 record, an ERA of 1.06, and an XFIP of 1.64. Also, his whip is 0.76. Now, I'm looking at the total for this game, obviously, by looking at these pitchers. It seems like you can have some trust in Kyle Wright. It seems like these Cubs bats have not really been coming alive as of late. And again, even when they have been, they're a contact team. They're showing patience at the plate. They're not hitting for power. Heck, nobody is because obviously the balls are dead as of this point. But I don't bet full game unders. We've talked about this. The extra innings rule kind of screws you, starting with a runner on second. And bullpens in general screw you. And sometimes you kind of get a better bang for your buck with the first five innings because you're handicapping the starters anyways. And again, sometimes I just favor the numbers for the first half of the game. That's what I'm doing for this spot. I'm betting under four and a half runs in the first five innings. Now, the thing that could screw us here a little bit could be Drew Smiley. Drew could be the reason that this total goes over. All right, that's what's kind of scaring me here, but I think at the end of the day, Drew Smiley could do enough to still limit this run production in this game. I trust Kyle Wright. Okay, I think Kyle Wright will be able to limit the Cubs, and I think it could get under four and a half here. Kyle Wright's also stayed under the first five in every single start thus far. Two to two was one total, two nothing another, and then 1-0 most recently. So I think there will be a lack of runs, and obviously we're hoping for that, for this Cubs and Braves game. So give me under four and a half runs in the first five innings for Chicago and Atlanta tonight. So aside from those two plays, which we newly added, let me recap before we head out here what we have bet for the 2022 NFL draft. So we talked about this a couple of times throughout the course of this past week. Unfortunately, if you haven't gotten involved, it may be too late because, well, the number has completely got inflated now in regards to the total quarterback selected in the first round, I took under three and a half at minus 250. And even then I was missing the best number because I was looking at it like two weeks ago and it was in the minus 170s. And well, obviously I missed it, but still pulled the trigger on minus 250. Now you're seeing it like minus 430. And I'm not advocating for you to lay that much, but if you somehow get a better number or even want to dabble with going under two and a half for some good plus money i do think that's an appropriate angle to take because at most at the absolute most i see three quarterbacks getting drafted in the first round but it would not shock me by any stretch of the imagination to see only two get selected in the first round it's not a very talented class it's not a deep one people aren't rushing to get involved with these quarterbacks so why have an investment in your first round pick for these quarterbacks who more than likely really aren't going to pan out so I'm seeing Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett probably being your two guys that will for sure go in the first round. And then you get Desmond Ritter, who's more of that wild card. But again, even if he goes, we're at the number three in the hook, and there's just no way in hell I see this getting to four quarterbacks in the first round. So we'll be sweating that out under three and a half quarterbacks throughout the first round. 
And then for the Bears, well, unless they trade up tonight, we're going to have to wait on this. But who knows? Maybe Ryan Poles will do it. He didn't completely discredit the idea. But we bet the Bears' first draft position, and we could have done offense, right? You could lay minus 125 to do offense over defense. But instead of laying minus 125, if they're doing offense, let's be honest, it's going to be a receiver or an offensive lineman. So why don't we bet that exactly and get a better payout? So I pulled the trigger on both the Bears to select a wide receiver at plus 225 and then the Bears to draft an offensive lineman at plus, four th uh, plus 430. Excuse me. If they do go offense, it will be one of those two positions, right? And maybe they do trade up. Again, they need receivers. They need weapons around Justin Fields. That's what you went all in with last season and invested in. Now you have to surround that investment with more protection and more talent being offensive linemen and receivers. Realistically, I think they do go with the receiver as their first pick, especially if they trade up. But if not, I feel like offensive linemen still has some good value. And I get it. You have Matt Eberflus, defensive-minded head coach, but you see the way this league has turned. It's all offense. You need protection and you need receivers, and the Bears have not had a good offense, really just a whole franchise history. So why not turning a new leap with the head coach in front office? Also do it with the mantra for your team and invest in the side of the offense. That's what we're banking on for the draft tonight. So that's what we're rolling with, folks. Bears first draft position, wide receiver plus 225 and offensive lineman plus 430. Total quarterbacks under three and a half in the first round, minus 250. We got Jalen Brunson over three and a half assists at plus 112. And the Cubbies and the Braves first five total under four and a half runs. Best of luck with all your plays. Enjoy the draft tonight. Keep it here on VEASAN. We'll have you covered through all of it. But thank you for tuning in. And we'll catch up again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of Rush Hour.